Then first and ten, shotgun snap. He's back, throws along down the sideline, and the pass is caught against Antonio Brown. Stepping into the end zone for the Pittsburgh Steelers touchdown. The Steelers knocking at the door again. Connor gets the call. He's down, and he's in for the Steelers touchdown. James Connor. He's back looking right, and he finds him in. And that is Jesse James. And Jesse James runs for the pylon. Pittsburgh Steelers touchdown. What a blow in that Thursday nighter. Oh, man. I was so looking forward to that game. I thought that was going to be a classic. Those Thursday nighters, they just drive you crazy. Panthers lay an egg. Steelers running wild. Welcome to TSN 4 Downs here on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. You can get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. The show at TSN 4 Downs. And folks, you know it. We are delivered by Domino's Perfect Football Food. Go get yourself a large four-topping pizza for just $12.99. Check out all the great deals and specials at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Terrific show for you today. I go legend when I talk to NFL writer from the Houston Chronicle. Covered for over 40 years. John McClain, an absolute legend in this business. To go over, I want to find out, are the Houston Texans the overlooked team in the AFC? We talk about the Chiefs. Steelers, of course, with that... 50-burger, most all-time at Heinz Field points. The Patriots, even the Chargers getting some whispers. Are the Houston Texans the overlooked Super Bowl team? Could they be the ones? We talked with uh, John McClain about that. And also, we'll go over uh, some ESPN, or rather, um, some fantasy football stardom, sit him tips with sporting news fantasy football writer Vinny Iyer. And this is an interesting week. Four teams on by. As always, this time of year, we get into the situation of, all right, we're in trouble. Who should we be looking at? Uh, we'll also have hashtag AskAndy at AndyMC81. Get your fantasy football questions in. Try to answer a few on the air. And if I don't get to them, I will do my best to get to them before Sunday kickoff. So hashtag AskAndy on Twitter at AndyMC81. I have to bring this up, too, before we get to uh, three and out the news and stories. The, the Bu- Buffalo Bills fans, I love you because you're crazy. And I feel like we're like, as a Browns fan, we're like brother teams. Because if you listen to Buffalo Sports Radio and Cleveland Sports Radio and take the team names out of it, for the last few years, it's pretty much the same conversation. There's quarterback trouble. There's unrest. There's confusion. There's dissent in the organization. It's It's all over the place. The Bills fans have created a... Patreon account, or sorry, a GoFundMe page, a GoFundMe page to get Nate Peterman off the team, to buy him out, to buy out Nate Peterman. Bill's Mafia has set up a GoFundMe page. I want you to hear this. I'm on the page right now. GoFundMe, okay? I'm going to click. I'm donating $1 to get Nate Peterman out of Buffalo. I'm donating. Listen, I want you to hear this. Hear this enter sign? Did you hear that? Here's it again. Boom. A buck going to you, Bill's Mafia. I got you. Okay? I want Nate Peterman out, too. I want him out. And the fact that Sean McDermott and Billy and, and, and Bean, the, uh, the GM of the Bills, have put Josh Allen in that situation with that injured elbow, not surrounding him with any sort of help, trading A.J. McCarron, and to truck this guy out. I don't blame Nate Peterman, man. What, you going to turn down a few hundred thousand dollars to play quarterback if you can't do it? No, of course, of course you're going to take it. I don't blame Nate Peterman. He just sucks. He's the worst quarterback in the National Football League. So I donated a dollar to the GoFundMe page. Are there better charities out there? Absolutely. But I want Nate Peterman gone. I feel you. 
I feel you, Bills Mafia. Okay, let's get to the news and notes of the day in three and out. Let's go to first down. First down. Okay, the big news earlier in the week was that free agent wide receiver Des Bryant finally got signed. He picked his team. It was with Super Bowl contenders, the New Orleans Saints. Well, on Friday, the last play of practice, the very last one, Bryant tore his Achilles and he's done before he began. ESPN's Mike Triplett reports on the Des Bryant injury and what the Saints might do next. Well, the only good news for the Saints is they obviously weren't counting too heavily on Des Bryant. He just arrived two days ago and was not likely to play on Sunday anyway. But look, this is obviously a tough experience for teammates who are excited to play with him. And now the Saints have to move on to plan C or even D at receiver, where they've seen Ted Ginn Jr. and Cameron Meredith also go on injured reserve over the past month. Now, that plan could include possibly another well-accomplished veteran, Brandon Marshall. Adam Schefter reported that they liked his workout on Tuesday. They also worked out Kamar Aiken. They do need receiver depth here. Michael Thomas is the only receiver on the Saints with more than 12 catches this year. Wow. Mike Triplett with the latest. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you. Well, the injury uh, hurts Dez in more ways than one. Contract incentives would have paid him anywhere from 50 grand to a half million dollars based on his production. He needed 40 catches or five per game to reach that half million. Listen, Des Bryant played it perfectly, okay? He didn't want to go through training camp. He's 30 years old, wanted to go to a contender, and was patient. He did, for his interests, he did everything right. He landed in a great situation where he wasn't going to be leaned on as the number one guy and a Super Bowl contender. His Achilles forgot the message, I suppose. So he's gone. Brandon Marshall, yeah, they'll go get another possession guy, but it's, it's not going to move the needle very much. Let's move on. Second down. Well, the Steelers seem to be doing just fine without Le'Veon Bell, but he will very likely be back on Tuesday since that is the last day for him to sign his franchise tag and actually get paid for this year. TSN NFL analyst Jabari Greer answered the question of if the team will want Bell back. I'm hoping he's coming back, and here's why. When... Uh, James Conner went down in the third quarter. The issue is you need a contingency plan. That's one of the worst things for the Steelers right now, and there's no better contingency plan than having Le'Veon Bell as your backup running back. But it's said that when he comes in, he is the backup, and I think that the reason why he is a backup is because James Conner is having an incredible season. So when Bell comes in, he's a backup. James Conner has earned the starting spot. He's breaking franchise records. He's averaging 18 18 carries per game. I don't want to take away any of those carries, although Le'Veon Bell is an all-world running back. He has to earn his keep. When he he gets in there, if Conner was to ever get injured, Le'Veon comes in and earns his way back into the good graces. Yeah, you can't. And I don't think they will at all let Le'Veon Bell just waltz back in. Sorry, dude. You got replaced. But how scared would you be if you're, one, a Steelers fan, and maybe more so the, the, the Steelers' front office when James Conner went into that blue medical tent and thinking, oh, no, now Le'Veon will finally have us. We'll be screwed. You have him back, and you have then, if Le'Veon Bell rejoins a team on Twitter, he's been supportive of, of Conner. But the offensive line has been openly critical. Ben Roethlisberger's been openly critical. But when he comes back, this team is in the running for a serious playoff push. And you're better with Le'Veon Bell. So I'm sure winning trumps all, he'll be welcome back. Let's go. Third down. An interesting slate of games on the NFL Week 10 lineup. 
But could the biggest upset this week come via Tennessee over New England with the Patriots at six and a half road favorites? I don't think so. But Fox Sports' Clay Travis makes his case. The Patriots are really good. We already know that. We don't really have a clue about the Titans. I'm going to be honest with you. Marcus Mariota, look at the difference he's had the last two weeks as opposed to when he was injured early in this season. Which Marcus Mariota are we going to get? If we get this latter Marcus Mariota, the one who played on Monday night, he's a top 10 quarterback in the league at a 105-7 the past two games as he's gotten healthy from that injury. Matt LaFleur, new offense, he's getting better. We get that Marcus Mariota, it's going to be a good game. Here's the other question we don't know. The Titans right now are the number one scoring defense in the NFL. I think everybody hearing that right now is like, what? It's a record scratch Mm -hmm. moment. No one believes it. But look at what Tom Brady has been capable against, against the number one defense in his career. It hasn't been pretty. I think I'm probably going to be with the 88% of the money in this game, which is all coming in on the Patriots. But if Mariota plays well and this defense lives up to its expectations, I don't just think the Titans could, could keep it close. I think they could win. I think the Patriots are due for a loss. And actually, I'm looking at the Vegas line. It has risen to seven, a full touchdown favorite for the Patriots. And I'm looking at it, and I don't think the Titans are going to win by by seven on the road with what we just heard. I might take the Titans to cover that. I might take the Titans to cover. We'll, we'll see if the, if this matchup makes it into our, our big three game locks of the week. That will come a little bit later on in the show. But that's a very interesting matchup there. Okay, let's punt to the poll question here. Our Domino's Canada Twitter poll question. You can vote at TSN 4Downs at AndyMC81. Past the halfway point of the NFL season, which team has been the most disappointing? Which team has been the most disappointing through the halfway point of this season? Is it the Raiders, the Giants, the Packers, or the Jaguars. So Jags, Pack, Giants, or Raiders. Let's go behind the glass and get our boys' opinion here. Technical producer, Aratus Vandy. Aratus, how are you voting here, man? There's, there's a lot of disappointment. There are expectations, different degrees of expectations, but expectations for each of those teams. The highest fall for me is the Giants. Mm. People thought this is a playoff team. Now it's uh, like they might have the first overall they pick. They might have. They'll be battling with the Raiders for the first overall pick. And to me, that's just crazy. The fact that there's just so much talent up and down mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. And they have one win to show for it. That's one. crazy, man. You had Odell Beckham Jr. contract signed. He's paid fat and he's happy. Eli Manning, confidence renewed. Saquon Barkley, a beast back there. He upgraded the offensive line with Nate Soldier. The defense is still good. And you have one win. I blame Pat Shermer, ex-Browns coach, terrible head coach. People got, oh, Pat Shermer with the, Pat Shermer is a terrible head coach. I've lived through Pat Shermer, Giants fans, okay? You should one and done his butt and get him out of the Big Apple. They won't. They'll let him ride it out a little bit. Not a head coach. So Arad goes for the Giants. Producer Sean Lavery, Shawnee? I disagree with Arad. I think the biggest oh. fall is actually Jacksonville because they were mm. in the AFC Championship game on the cusp of beating the Patriots. They literally had them down. And then had the Patriots down. came back and obviously won and went to the Super Bowl. So the biggest fall to me is the Jaguars. Blake Bortles has kind of fallen apart this year. Doug Marone's on the hot seat now. Yep. Uh, I actually thought the Jaguars would have followed up their season. They would have been motivated by the loss in last year's AFC and Championship. Nope, it hasn't happened. Jags got cocky. Their defense was calling out every quarterback and slandering them. Now look at you. 
The only reason the Jaguars, and I agree with you, Sean, in that it was remarkable what they were able to do, and now they're 3-5, and five, what they were able to do with Blake Bortles at quarterback, and they seem to find a, uh, some sort of rhythm to not put too much on him. But it's still Blake Bortles, and then to complicate things more, you sign him to an extension, which handcuffs you, meaning you have to keep him. And then if all else was like, okay, well, he's not playing well, you trade for Cody Kessler. For the Browns, Cody Kessler. How many games has Cody Kessler won? He's won the same amount of games in the NFL as I have, as Sean has, as Arad has. Zero. Zero wins for Cody Kessler. That was your backup option. So I didn't see a sub-500, but I'm not as surprised with the with a little bit of a fall. I'm going to go for me, uh, Green Bay Packers, folks. You know, And again, vote at TSN 4Downs. I'll go with the Packers, the most disappointing. You have Aaron Rodgers back and healthy. I know you lost Jordy Nelson, but look, he's not, he's not doing anything in Oakland. It looked like with Aaron Rodgers back, this should be a battle between them and Minnesota for the division. Instead, you got the Bears at 5 and 3, the Vikes at 5 3 and 1, Packers 3 4 and 1, under 500. Did not see that coming. So that's the most disappointing for me. Uh, I have a couple of uh, tweets in for the Cowboys. People say at PJ Dovey 29 says, the Dallas Cowboys again. And then at Pags World on Twitter says, My Cowboys, without a doubt, such underutilized talent. Cowboys are there too. I just, I wasn't expecting as much out of them this year because there was no weapons for Dak Prescott outside of Zeke Elliott. So that's why they didn't make my list. But certainly, hey, you can vote in yours at AndyMC81 at TSN4Downs. You can vote on the poll. We are going to step aside after the break. Sporting news fantasy football writer Vinny Iyer with some stardom sit tips for your NFL Week 10 lineup. That's coming up next, TSN4Downs. TSN 4 Downs. You're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. You can get me on Twitter at AndyMC81, the show at TSN 4 Downs, and on Instagram at AndyMCSports. And folks, we're delivered by Domino's Pizza. Don't forget, visit Domino's.ca today. Get a large four-topping pizza for just $12.99. The side dishes, boneless chicken, marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Check it all out. Carryover or delivery. Perfect football food. Big game food. You're busy this week. Go get some Domino's at Domino's.ca. Well, I got a chance to catch up a little bit earlier with the Sporting News fantasy football writer Vinny Iyer for some stardom sit tips. Here's our chat. Vinny, let's start with your great stardom sit article on sporting news you can find that and of course you have it tweeted out uh, from your twitter account at Vinny Iyer stardom quarterbacks for this week and as we enter week 10 there's a few very interesting matchups and you break it down into stronger starters weaker starters who do you like this week as far as okay you gotta definitely pop this guy into your fantasy lineup well one guy that you have to look at is Ryan Fitzpatrick and really you could say Buccaneers starting quarterback because this is like the perfect storm for a fantasy quarterback this year. A bad defense where the other team's going to move the ball and basically no running game in any game and a ton of weapons all over the field. It seems like it's only expanding. You started out with Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson and Chris Godwin. Now you've got O.J. Howard uh, come on strong of late. Uh, Adam Humphreys is playing. You know, Cameron Braid can still make plays. So, it's a loaded offense and a team that wants to throw the ball downfield a lot. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, he should be starting consistently in most leagues. Uh, 
we've only seen one really bad game from him against Chicago, and you saw him in Cincinnati just coming in in relief, and he had a pretty good game even yeah. starting one portion of it. So it's just a team that's going to throw a lot, and uh, sometimes that's all you're looking for for your quarterback. And when it comes to fantasy, Fitzpatrick is perfect. He kind of has a little bit of Blake Bortles in him. Like, you're watching the game. He'll throw, like, three or four touchdowns, three interceptions. You're like, oh, what a terrible game. And then you look, and he has, like, 26 fantasy points. You're like, oh, okay. That worked out. <laughs> right? It's it's just the perfect type of fantasy quarterback. Now, one pick I love here is Jared Koff with the Rams against Seattle. And what I think sometimes happens, Vinny, is people get into the, the mindset of, of having too long of a memory, kind of like with Des Bryant. Oh, Des is going to light it up. Well, probably not. And the Seattle defense, the Legion of Boom is what people remember. They're not that. You like Jared Goff as a must-start this week. Well, I think he's starting just to be indoctrinated in that offense where it was a lot early. The frustrating thing about Jared Goff really hasn't been his play for the most part. It's been that Todd Gurley had scored three touchdowns consistently in every week and take away the opportunities, well, I always look at the other side. Is the other team equipped with enough offense to stay in the game? And you look at the way the Rams' defense is playing, and that's been a big help here, that Rams' defense is not so good. So Russell Wilson is going to be able to take a shot. You figure they're going to have some success doing things, even on the road there in Los Angeles, and that's going to mean Jared Goff, and they're going to have to stick with the passing game here more, and, and teams are going to go thinking about Loading up to stop Gurley first. You saw that against the Saints. It forced Jared Goff to throw a lot. And when they trail, it's going to help. I, I think all it has to be is a competitive game. And yeah, you you might see some things given up to Gurley, but Gurley can also help a Goff score in the passing game as well. And with Cooper Cup back, I, I really like Goff a lot more. When he was not in the lineup, it kind of uh, hurt the other two guys in the matchups. But you saw last week that Robert Woods and uh, Brand Cooks also benefited from Cup being in the lineup. Now, just on, on the surface, you'd think any quarterback versus that New Orleans defense is a check to potentially start. Andy Dalton and the Bengals go in, and you're saying, hey, not so fast, and it's largely due to because, of course, hey, his top weapon, A.J. Green, is out. And, Vinny, that really limits you to a, a Tyler Boyd, who's had a great season, but he's elevated to the one spot. You have Joe Mixon back, and then you're looking at guys like C.J. Uzoma for, uh, as, at tight end. Like, There's not a lot of extra help for Andy Dalton. Yeah, I'm not sure who's going to step up here. It could be Cody Core. It could be Alex Erickson getting a few more looks. I think John Ross, I mean, I get it. He has the speed, and now he's healthy from the growing injury, and he figures to be playing a little bit more. But do you really trust him stretching no. the field on New Orleans? No, absolutely not. So it's hard to find the weapons. And given with Joe Mixon in the lineup, it's also really hard to trust that the Bengals are just going to open things up and throw it, even in a matchup that calls for it. So, Joe Mixon, they're pretty much giving him the ball 25 times in any situation and are going to hope for the best there, maybe try to grind this game and slow it down. I don't think it's going to work very well, but uh, I think it's going to be a heavy Joe Mixon game. I know the Saints' uh, run defense is pretty darn good, and uh, they kind of contain Todd Gurley, but Mixon, a guy, you're still getting in there, and you should expect some good things from him this week just because of the volume. In conversation with Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News, one of their great fantasy football analysts, also host of Locked On Network Fantasy Football on Twitter, at Vinny Iyer. Let's go to running backs. And this is, of course, a position every year, every week, that people are looking and, and scrounging either for value or who to go to, who to stay away from. When we look at running backs who maybe to stay away from, Leonard Fournette, 
finally back. They're playing the Indianapolis Colts, but in the meantime, the Jags also added, of course, Carlos Hyde, and you have T.J. Yeldon. First game back for Leonard Fournette. You don't like it? Well, I like the player, and I think he's going to get about 15 touches, and there's no concern about this injury. Everything with his uh, practicing in full sounds great. My concern is the way this game could go for the Jaguars, and and if it goes out of hand and the Colts are favored in this one at home, if if they were if the Jaguars at home, I'd feel a lot better about going with Fournette in this one. But I think the Colts are going to kind of be in control. I think there's a lot of weapons there where they can move the ball on the Jaguars and uh, avoid their tougher matchups, and we've seen that. And and I kind of look at this and say maybe if. Uh, the Colts have a lead here. It's more T.J. Yeldon. They're going to mm-hmm. maybe mix in Carlos Hyde early down. So I, I'm kind of just a wait and see. A lot of things have changed since uh, Fournette last took the field yeah. and was healthy and productive here. So I, I, I'm kind of more wait and see. I think if you're stuck and you've got a guy that you don't like, I think like Carryon Johnson would be a good example, that really tough matchup in his own right against the Bears and his theoretic back cutting into his work or a Peyton Barber, those types uh, you're definitely going with Fournette. But if you have a back like, uh, I think Marlon Mack might be a good example on the other side. Colts expected to have a lead here in their offensive line, run blocking, playing well. I'd feel better about Mack there in that matchup. And then you look at the Deion Lewis as well. Uh, he's been hopped the last few weeks facing his former team, the Patriots. He's going to get the job done in the passing game if it doesn't work out in the running game. So that's how I kind of look at it is, What's the volume in relation to the game flow and the matchup? And uh, Fortnite, unfortunately, all things don't line up immediately for him this week. Vin, you want to get to a couple of Twitter questions here quick. Uh, team name Baker Mayflower says, Half-point PPR league, who should I start at my flex? Tight end Jack Doyle of the Colts against the Jaguars pass defense or Tampa Bay receiver Adam Humphreys versus Washington? Well, I think I'm going to go with Jack Doyle because he's a little bit safer. I know Humphreys had the big game last week, but if you look at the Redskins uh, specifically, uh, Josh Norman is getting toasted on the outside. I like Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson to uh, rebound here and have the bigger game. So Jack Doyle has a better floor here. I think Adam Humphreys could uh, crash down to earth based on the matchup this week. And one more. This is from team name Golden Elite on Twitter, uh, PPR League. Help, I can't decide. Need one of these two for my flex spot. Browns, Duke Johnson versus Falcons. Maurice Harris of the Redskins with all the Washington receiver injuries against that crappy Tampa defense. Well, I've got to say Duke Johnson all the way because you look at the Falcons, uh, that's where they struggle with. Another team that the Browns are facing after the Chiefs last week, and they've started to use Duke Johnson more, but the the Falcons do really struggle most in uh, covering backs out of the backfield. And you figure... The Falcons are going to have a lead, more checkdowns for Baker Mayfield, almost a carbon copy of what uh, happened last week for Cleveland. Vinny, really appreciate the time, man. Great stuff, as always. People can find your work at uh, Sporting News and, of course, on Twitter. Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News. There he goes with some stardom sit advice later on in the show. I'll have my hashtag AskAndy segment where you can tweet me at AndyMCD1 and get your fantasy football questions Answered, hashtag Ask Andy. But after the break, legendary NFL writer. He's worked for the Houston Chronicle for over 40 years. John McClain to go over the Texans' rise and the rest of the AFC South. That is next on TSN 4 Downs. Deshaun calls for the ball. Here's the snap. Watch it with the rush on. Throws to the end zone. Left side and caught by Jordan Thomas. Touchdown, Houston. Watson takes the snap. 
Watson with time, throwing to the end zone, right side. Hits Hopkins with the touchdown. You guys, your number one receiver, you pay him a lot of money. What are you going to do? Like, we're going to go into this game and not throw him the ball. You know what I mean? Like, that whole theory of they throw the ball to Hopkins a lot. Well, no kidding. Wouldn't you? Bill O'Brien, head coach of the Houston Texans. Funny how a head coach looks smarter when his quarterback plays better, doesn't it? Welcome back to TSN 4 Downs here on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara on Twitter at AndyMC81, the show at TSN 4 Downs, and on Instagram at AndyMC Sports. We are delivered by Domino's. Go get yourself a large four-topping pizza for just $12.99. All the delicious side dishes, marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Check it all out at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Very excited to welcome in returning guest to TSN 4 Downs, legendary NFL writer for the Houston Chronicle for over 40 years. It's Mr. John McClain. John, how's it going? Great, Andy. How are you? Oh, doing well. And the Texans on the bye. But I wanted to have you on, John, because this story of where they came from last year with the Deshaun Watson injury, they bottomed out, then beginning the year with three straight losses, the switch got flipped. Now they've won six in a row to sit first in the AFC South. What caused the turnaround? Andy, the first three losses were by seven, three, and four points. So if you listen to the fans in the media here, you would think they'd been blown out in those games, and they weren't. They were all one-score games. Their goal at that point was just to win one and then to try to get back to 500 and start over. And they went to Indianapolis, and they went to overtime. Both teams had a field goal. Indianapolis had the ball. They should have punted. But Frank Reich, the coach, said, I'll never settle for a tie, even though a tie is better than a defeat. And so they went for it. The Texans stopped them. Deshaun Watson hit two plays. They kicked the field goal with no time left in overtime, and they won that one, and it was the first of six wins in a row. They the, That one and the next one against Dallas were in overtime. And then against Buffalo, a bad Buffalo team, as your listeners know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they got Watson was sacked seven times and knocked down 12 more times. They won. But at that point, Bill O'Brien changed his strategy. At this point, over the last three games, they've not committed a turnover. First time in their history they've gone three in a row. And they're running the ball more, and Watson is dropping back 15 times less a game. During that three-game span, he has eight touchdowns, no turnovers. His rating is 132, and they're averaging 35 carries and 143 yards, and fans are so frustrated in this era in which so many teams throw the ball. The Texans have run more than any team in the league, but the reason is, Andy, they don't want Deshaun Watson getting killed behind a bad offensive line. Right. So the strategy is working, and coming off the bye week, they'll be in their best shape physically. They've been in since the start of the season. And they take on Washington next week. And, John, I'm absolutely with you because Deshaun Watson, he can't help himself really in the sense that he's a playmaker. He's got that that mentality, and he sacrifices his body so much if you force him to either get flushed out of the pocket or, or make plays with his legs. We've seen some hard hits, and we know what happens with that Texans team if he goes away. So I think Lamar Miller is such an underrated story. couple hundred-yard-plus games uh, this season. He, he seems like a vital part to this offense moving forward. He is, and they got a backup named Alfred Blue that mm-hmm. gets five, six, seven carries a game, and they have 
Uh, second year, running back Deontay Foreman, who blew out his Achilles tendon in December, he's going to be back soon, and that'll be a boon to the running game, especially when they run the ball as much as they do. Now, Watson in the Dallas games, running, they were at the one-yard line, and two times he tried to make it to the corner and got obliterated, suffered a partially collapsed lung, broken rib, bruised sternum, and the next week's when he got annihilated by Buffalo. Yeah. And then it was the one after that in Jacksonville. When you have a partially collapsed lung, you can't fly for two weeks. So they gave him the option of staying home or taking a luxury coach from Houston to Jacksonville. And he elected to take the coach, and they beat the Jaguars by 13, came back, beat Miami by 19, and then escaped in Denver by two. But Watson has, has been playing so much smarter. Mm-hmm. They really honed in on him about being reckless. So he, he is, he is, Andy, he, he will slide now. He'll run out of bounds or he'll throw it away. No more forcing the ball into the coverage. Early in the season, he had three end zone interceptions in which he threw into double coverage and he has not done it once during the six game winning streak. So important to keep him healthy. And and that is uh, unlike, let's say, an RG3 where he never really learned that, even though he knew he had a slide, never really did it. So that's encouraging, obviously, with uh, uh, Deshaun Watson doing that. Now, John, what about the trade to get Demarius Thomas before the deadline? Will Fuller, season-ending injury. We know how dynamic he is. How is Thomas fitting in with the Texans? And how much of a drop-off do you feel there is from Fuller to Thomas in that offense? Well, Will Fuller ran, runs in the four twos. Yeah. His problem is he can't stay healthy. This is his third season. He's been hurt each season. But in his 11 games with Watson, he has 11 touchdown passes. And when you have that kind of speed opposite DeAndre Hopkins, you can't just have one guy covering him because he could just run down the sideline every game. So when he went down, they knew they weren't going to replace him uh, with somebody with great speed because there was nobody available. What they wanted was somebody who was experienced, reliable, and durable. And Demarius Thomas, in his ninth season with the Broncos, had 36 catches at that point, which would have been second on the Texans. They made the deal for a fourth-round pick, and they swapped seventh-round picks. Thomas comes in on a on practice Wednesday morning, goes back to Denver. I've never seen right. that situation. <laughs> and he caught three passes, averaged 20 yards a catch, People are really pumped to see what he can do when he has two weeks of preparation and then the crunch drive, the crunch part of the season in December. So considering they have a one and two twos and a lot of salary cap money to spend on free agents, I think it was a very wise move to give up a fourth-round pick for Demarius Thomas. In conversation with John McClain on Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. Uh, John, I spoke about it off the top, and I I feel that the Texans might be that overlooked team in the AFC that can really make some noise come playoff time. Because everyone's talking about the Chiefs, rightfully so, Patriots, Steelers after that big Thursday win. But it seems like as exciting as the Texans have been on that six-game winning streak, I don't feel like they're being considered as true AFC contenders. Where do you feel they're at overall in the AFC? And obviously, it looks like they're the class of that division. Andy, before the season, I picked the Texans to finish 10-6 and get a wild card. Mm. I thought Jacksonville would win the division because the Jaguars had everybody back on a great defense, and they're in danger of imploding. And I've never thought the Texans were a Super Bowl contender. 
they've played a last-place schedule, which has helped them. The only team that's left right now that has a winning record uh, is Washington. And the Redskins could lose at Tampa and be 5-5. Five and five. So the schedule is not tough, although they do have a road trip to Philadelphia. And to me, the second-best team in the AFC South is Indianapolis. Yeah. which has won its last two, averaging 39.6 points in rushing for more than 200 yards in each game. I think the Colts have put it together. They also don't have a difficult schedule. I see the Texans winning the division, hosting a playoff game, winning, which they've done before, and then having to go to New England or Kansas City and losing. The only hope they would have is to win out and the Reds can hope the Reds, the, the Chiefs, and the Patriots lose, they have, they lost the tiebreaker to the Patriots, so there's no way they're going to get home field advantage. But they've never had a bye in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to get it. The Chiefs are just too good. But considering they were 4-12 last year, Andy, if they win the division and come back and win a playoff game before losing on the road, that wouldn't be too shabby. No. I've thought and told people since the offseason, they need another offseason uh, to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Yep, and add a few more pieces. Well, it's going to be a fun ride the rest of the way. John, really appreciate the time, man. Thank you. Andy, my pleasure. Have a great weekend. You too. There he goes. John McClain has covered the NFL for over 40 years at the Houston Chronicle, one of the all-time greats. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. We're going to take the break. After that, I answer your fantasy football questions on Hashtag Ask Andy. You can tweet me your questions at AndyMC81 on Twitter. Use the hashtag Ask Andy. We'll get to our pick three locks of the week and my sleeper picks for NFL Week 10. That coming up to wrap up four downs next. Back to wrap up TSN four downs. Getting ready for NFL Week 10 here on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at AndyMC81. The show at TSN4Downs on Instagram at AndyMCSports. And folks, go get yourself some Domino's pizza this weekend. The big game, NFL, it's perfect. Domino's.ca. You get a large four-topping pizza for just $12.99. Go get it. Look at the side dishes. Boneless chicken, pasta, marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Find it all at Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca. Okay, time to answer your fantasy football questions in... It's time for Ask Andy with TSN 4 Downs fantasy analyst Andy McNamara. You can join the conversation on Twitter and get your fantasy football questions answered by tweeting at AndyMC81 using the hashtag AskAndy. All right, there you go. So, producer Sean Lavery. Shawnee, what's our first question? Our first question comes from at Ziad Barity. Hashtag ask Andy, which three running backs do I start this week? And you got four options. Alvin Kamara of the Saints, Nick Chubb of the Browns, Levin Fournette of the Jaguars, and Tevin Coleman of the Falcons. This is an easy one, Ziad. I am going with Kamara, Chubb, and Coleman 100%. Fournette's first week back. We don't know if he'll be at a full carry load. You also have Carlos Hyde and TJ Yeldon competing for, for playing time, carry, snaps. I'm taking a wait-and-see approach on Fournette, so go with the other three for now. Second one comes from at RileyHayes3, hashtag AskAndy. It's a two-parter. First part, who do I start in the flex this week? Aaron Jones, the Packers running back, or Marquez Valdez-Scantling, the Packers wide receiver? And the second part of the question is a quarterback question. Aaron Rodgers uh, against the Dolphins or Patrick Mahomes against the Cardinals? Uh, well, I'll do the second one first. Mahomes against the Cardinals. Uh, 
you, you can't argue with Pat Mahomes right now. You just can't. He's he's too good. Um, even though Aaron Rodgers could have a big week, got to roll Pat Mahomes. The other one I think is a great question. Packers played the Dolphins. Miami has given up the seventh most fantasy points to running backs this season. So both those players, Aaron Jones and Marquez Valdez-Scantling uh, from Green Bay. They're in the middle of the pack the Dolphins are versus the pass. Jones could go off for a good game, but since the end of September, he's only had one double-digit fantasy point PPR format game, just one, where Valdez-Scantling is the clear number two option for Aaron Rodgers beside Devontae Adams and has four straight double-digit fantasy games. Go with the receiver here. Our final one comes from Connor at C underscore Rollins 3. Hashtag Ask Andy. He's in some flex position trouble. He wants to know Anthony Miller, the Baird wise receiver, Devontae Parker, the Dolphins wide receiver, or Austin Eckler, the Chargers running back for his flex spot. It's, this is a, a very tricky question. Personally, I would try to look at the waiver wire and see if you can pick yourself up a Maurice Harris, for example, from the Washington Redskins, who's, uh, with all the injuries there, his snap count has just, and target rate has just skyrocketed. He might be available. So I'd recommend trying for him. But out of those three, if I got to pick one, even though he's the backup running back, change of pace guy to Melvin Gordon, Austin Eakler here, because they're against the Raiders, who suck. They're terrible. It's likely to be a blowout. And what are you doing? There's a blowout. You put in the backup. So Austin Eakler, I think, will get um, a nice workload, even if it's a little bit close, which I don't think it will. He can still put up some double-digit points for you. Devontae Parker, so up and down. Are you trusting the Miami quarterback situation, man? I'm not. No. Anthony Miller has been good, not great, still a little inconsistent. I'll go with Eakler on that one. So that is hashtag AskAndy. If I didn't get to your question, again, tweet me at AndyMC81. Use the hashtag AskAndy, and I'll try my best to get to your fantasy football question before the Sunday 1 o'clock kickoffs. Okay, let's get to our game picks of the week. Let's go. The Big Three. Now let's get a, a update, a standings update here, Sean. How did we do last week? Last our week went uh, actually very well. We all c- picked correctly. So Andy had the Bears as 10-point favorites in Buffalo. The yes. Bears won 41-9, to so a pretty easy win there. I had Carolina as 6.5-point favorites against the Buccaneers. Carolina won 42-28. And Arad had New Orleans plus 2.5 versus the Rams. And the Rams obviously no longer undefeated. Arad did get his pick correct. New Orleans won 45-35. We went three and zero last week. Our combined record after five weeks of picks is nine five and one. Nine five and one, not bad, huh? How you like that? You put some dough down with the uh, the TSM four down boys. Win some cash. Let's see how we can do this week. I'm gonna go for my big three lock of the week. It's it's dicey, okay? But hey, we take risks. We could go easy. I'm going Browns at home to cover over Atlanta. So Browns against the spread. The Falcons are six point road favorites. I don't think Cleveland will win. Hope they do, but I don't think they will. But I think they will cover. Traditionally, the Browns have been able to keep it close. Now, last week was a bit of a blowout with Kansas City, but they suffered numerous injuries in the secondary during that game. They're getting some key defenders back healthy. It's outside. It's going to be cold. Falcons are a southern team. Play in a dome, baby. That seems like a low-scoring game and possibly uh, a very close game. So I will take the Browns to cover as my lock of the week. All right, Shawnee, who do you got, bud? Who's your, who's your game pick? I'm going to pick the Dolphins in Green Bay against the Packers. Uh, the Packers are Ooh. favored by 10. Uh, I like the Packers to win the game. Not sure if I like them to win it by double digits. Uh, the Packers scored 24 points per game, which is good for 15th in the league. The Dolphins aren't too far behind at 20.8 points per game. And, I mean, Brock Osweiler, no TDs in two straight weeks. So, I mean, the logic says he's due for a big week. <laughs> so, I'm going to go with that and take the Dolphins 
as a 10-point underdog. Well, and the Packers, remember, they got rid of Ha Ha Clinton Dick, so that weakens the secondary a little bit. And yet, it's Lambeau, it's November. This has low scoring as well, game written all over. I like that pick. So, Shawnee, going with the Dolphins to cover. Arad, who's your big three pick? I am picking the Seahawks. Rams are nine-point favorites mm. at home. That's going to be a close game because, one, it's a division game. Yep. Two, Seahawks are a good team. They're sixth in the league in pass defense, third in the league in rush offense. So, also, the Rams haven't covered a spread in their last six games. Wow. Sorry, they covered it once in their last six games. One time. against the 49ers at home. Okay. So, all, all of those things tell me to pick Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, and the Seattle Seahawks in L.A. Division game. All right, I like it. I like it. So Seahawks to cover over the. Are you picking them to win outright or just to cover? To cover. To cover. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's. I think that's a smart pick. And with that one-time cover over the last six games, you're getting close to double-digit division game. And yeah, the Seahawks defense, not the Legion of Boom of old, but still pretty good. Still pretty good. So there you go. Our big three picks. We'll tweet that out from the show account at TSN Four Downs. You can send us your big three locks of the week as well. Let's get to some of my sleeper picks here as we get ready to wrap up the show. And you can catch uh, all four of them. Each week I put out an article on the DraftKings playbook, so DK playbook on DraftKings.com. You can check them out there. But this is a new tool I've used, guys. The last couple weeks, I absolutely love it. It's Fanshare Sports on FanshareSports.com. What it does is it gives you the tools to look at uh, percentage ownership, for example. Okay, on daily games. Because when you're playing DraftKings or DFS, what happens? All right, everybody picks, let's say, Pat Mahomes. Cool. Well, everybody picked them, so it cancels each other out. Those differential points in fantasy are so important. And Fanshare is the only site that aggregates that content from across the fantasy sports world into a single format. They have trends. They have who's being talked about in the industry, articles, blogs, and all that. But it also has the percentage ownership. So you can track it, a, pro- a projected ownership, or uh, and, and then from the previous week for DraftKings and other sites. So, for example, one of my sleepers this week is the New York Jets' Elijah McGuire. You look at last week, his DraftKings ownership, 1.07%. That's it. That's it. As the pass catching back. That's all. The projected ownership on DraftKings is 2.5%. So that type of tool, to me, if I'm looking between a couple guys... And I'm saying, all right, well, who do I think is a nice sleeper with a nice value? Like Elijah McGuire coming back off an injury under a lot of people's radar. Uh, in your league, you might be able to pick him up because he's off. In DraftKings, he's 3400 bucks, right? And Josh McCowan in for Sam Darnold. The pass catching back, I think that's a real smart bet. And McGuire flashed a lot last year as well. So it's something where, okay, the Buffalo defense is very good, but... That's a nice quick outlet pass if they're getting to Josh McCown. Boop. Just dump it out to Elijah McGuire. So that's a great sleeper there. And if you you're like the Fanshare stuff, you can check them out. Fansharesports.com. You can subscribe to the Pro. And really helps you with your, your daily, your DFS uh, trends and, and ownership and trending topics. It's definitely worth a look. Uh, I've I'm become a big fan of it over the last couple weeks. Uh, another one. I'm loving this week the New England defense. Okay, We talked about it off the top of the Tennessee Titans. That New England DST this week, pick them up. Why? 
Well, you might think, okay, for the Patriots, uh, overall, they've been able to be beat. But when they're against struggling offenses this year, they absolutely torch them for defensive fantasy points. Against the Bills, the Bears, now the Bears have come alive a little bit, and Miami, they're averaging 16.3 fantasy points per game. Seven sacks, four interceptions over that. Marcus Mariota only has five touchdowns all year. I know we looked better last week, but he's ripe for some regression off of a short week, taking on the Red Hot Pats, pick them up. You can check all my fantasy picks out, my sleeper picks, at AndyMC81 on Twitter. So there you go, folks. That'll do it. NFL Week 10, getting ready to start up. If you missed any of the show, you can get us on iTunes. You can go to the tsn1050.ca show page section on the website. Scroll down, you'll see TSN 4Downs. Or, of course, we'll tweet it out at AndyMC81, at TSN 4Downs, and on Instagram at AndyMCSports. So, for producer Sean Lavery and Aras Zandi, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to TSN 4Downs. Enjoy the games.